PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick and myself talking investing, finance, retirement, and birthdays. We're going to get into uh, some important birthdays in the retirement planning process. As we get older, I don't think any of us really want birthdays, but these are some things we kind of need to know, and they're pretty useful. Uh, some of this is pretty basic. Some of this stuff's got some interesting caveats in it as well, so you might learn something along the way, but it can go a long way towards that retirement planning process. So we're going to get into that and take an email question as well. So if you've got some questions of your own, stop by the website pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. John, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? A little tired. Had uh, got woken up at like two in the morning with two cranky kids. So, oh, yeah. So if I uh, if I'm a little off today, uh, there you I go. apologize. No, no worries. Uh, are you you get the whole uh, they climb in the bed and it's like how and then you're like on the sliver, like the tiniest sliver. Uh, I, I got one climb into bed. I think kicked me in the face at one point. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah. another one climbed into bed, missing out on the other one because they share a room. And then I had the sliver and, and I woke up almost falling off the bed. There you but go. And I, usually I, freezing because you have no blankets. And yeah. yeah, that's usually the way it goes. And Nick's sitting there going, I don't know what you guys are talking about. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? <laughs> yep. No, I uh, pretty low maintenance uh, over here. <laughs> well, that's good. Hey, don't you have a birthday coming up? I got a couple months still, oh, okay. but, uh, months. yeah, right. but we kind of, I just got back from a trip a few weeks ago. Uh, some, uh, buddies that I grew up with a group of us have been friends for a really long time, I guess, going back to like, you know, middle school and right. we're all turning 40 this year. So we rented a house in Charleston and all survived. So nice. there you um, go. Yeah. It was good. This, it is was how you know, uh, this is how you know, Nick's turning 40. He came back with neck pain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, when you start to get a certain age, you start going, when did I hurt that? It's like, I didn't even do yeah. anything. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. So, yeah. uh, well, you know what? That's a good segue. So let's jump into this. So we're going to start with age 50. Uh, I turned 50 last year. And, um, you know, first of all, the thing that sucks is you get the AARP card. I don't know about all that. That's a, that's kind of annoying as a reminder that you're 50. But the government does say, hey, let me help you out a little bit here if you need to catch up on some of the, uh, you know, retirement accounts to help building those up. So talk to me about catch-up contributions, guys. Yeah. So um, essentially what happens is when you hit 50, there's kind of two types of accounts that allow you to start uh, contributing a little bit more money. So the most basic one is a, an IRA or a Roth IRA, where the typical 
maximum contribution for somebody under 50 is 6,000 a year. So you can add an additional thousand to do a total of 7,000 a year. Um, the bigger one is in a 401k uh, or 403b account where uh, you're able to contribute, I believe it's an extra 6,500 uh, per year. So that's something, you know, this is also kind of a good uh, flag for people to think about where, hey, once that catch-up contribution is uh, available, it's probably a good time if you haven't done any sort of planning before to really start to kind of dial in and understand, you know, your financial picture a little bit more. Because um, if you talk to anybody that's 60, they'll tell you that 50 didn't seem too far back. And so, um, you know, that's a, a good kind of reminder to dig into that a little bit. And it adds up. It's not necessarily chicken feed. You might hear it and think, well, $1,000 on this type of account over a year or 6500 on the other type of account, you know, whoopity do. But, you know, if you're 50 and you're going to 67, let's say, for full retirement age, and we'll get to that in a little bit, I mean, that's 17 years of an extra seven grand. That doesn't, it's not exactly chicken fee, right? So, no, that's, uh, it's going to be big money down the road. Yeah, exactly. So that's 50. Uh, John, talk to me about 55. This one's really similar to 59 and a half, which most of us are familiar with, but most people don't understand the rule at 55. So, can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, we don't see people utilize this too often, but an example would be, you know, let's say you're 50, you know, 55, 56, and for whatever reason, uh, you leave your, your current job. And you have an opportunity at that point. Let's kind of give a bad scenario here. You get laid off, and um, you know if you didn't have a, a nest egg saved up in, in savings, there's an opportunity to actually access some money from your 401k plan without penalty. So what you'll do is basically um, you take the money directly from the plan, and you just have it go to your bank account, and the the 10% uh, penalties waived. Now, just you know, some people need to be careful with this. Once you roll it out to an IRA. This 55 kind of rule here where the 10% is waived ceases to exist. So it has to go from the employer plan to you directly um, in that situation. So it's, um, you know, it's a nice feature if uh, someone finds themselves in a bad situation right. and, um, or they need access to money and they, the 10% penalty is gone, but you still have to pay your income tax on that money that gets withdrawn. Of course, yeah. And so that caveat being it's only from the job that you've just left, right? It can't be from one of, you know, two jobs ago kind of thing. It's got to be that just that one that you've just walked away from or or been asked to leave or whatever the case is. So Correct. that's kind of that caveat. And it's it's basically the same rules Nick, as the 59 and a half, it's just attached to that prior job. But 59 and a half is the more normal one. So what's the breakdown there? Yeah. So uh, essentially what happens is uh, at 59 and a half, you are able to take out money from your qualified accounts while avoiding that penalty without any sort of caveat. So one thing to keep in mind is that you know usually um, you're taking it out from accounts that... Uh, so for example, if you're currently employed, the process of taking it out uh, out of the plan that you work where you're employed uh, can be a little bit different, but it's pretty smooth and easy if you have an IRA or something like that uh, outside of the employer plan. One other thing that happens in most plans for people at 59 and a half is, you know, and we've seen it uh, a bunch lately where a lot of 401k plans have very um, restricted options in fixed income and those sorts of things where uh, most or many plans allow people to take in-service uh, rollovers where they're able to still work at their employer, but roll their money out of the plan to open up some options for investments outside of the plan. 
And that's not always the best thing for people. You know, sometimes their pl- the plans are great. Fees are really low. Options are great. Um, so it may not make sense, but oftentimes uh, people do like having the option to be able to shift the money out without uh, any sort of issue. Okay. All right. So then that's the kind of the norm there. And you got to love that half thing. You always wonder what the senators or whoever was thinking when it's they're ridiculous. like, hey, well, finally, they got rid of the 70 and a half. Yeah, they yeah, got rid of that one. So. Yeah. And we'll get to that in just a minute as well. Uh, John 62, you know, nothing too groundbreaking here, but we are eligible finally for Social Security. So that becomes, the, I guess the biggest thing here is people just go, let me turn it on ASAP versus is it the right move? Yeah, so 62, you're now eligible. And, and like you said, a lot of people are excited to finally get access to that extra income. Um, so you can start taking on Social Security. A couple of things to just be aware of is anytime you take Social Security before your full retirement age, you will get a reduction of benefits. So, you know, at 62, it's anywhere, you know, depending on your full retirement age, you know, roughly 25 to 30% reduction of what you would have gotten had you waited till 66 right. or 67. They kind of penalize um, you, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and it actually, it, it ends up, if you do the math, it ends up breaking down to almost a half a percent per month reduced. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, it you know, really starts to kind of add up when you think about it that way. Yeah. So important, you know, we always kind of harp on planning. So important if you are thinking about taking it early, uh, once you make that decision and after a year of doing that, you're, you're locked into that decision. So it's important to really understand, is that best for your situation? Other things to consider at this age, if you do take early, um, Social Security does have what they call kind of like a earnings penalty slash recapture. So if you're still working and taking a 62, uh, a portion of your Social Security could be subject to go back to them in in lieu of, uh, you know, for a better term. What's it like 19000 so, and some change, I think, this year if you make more than yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Anything above 19000 that you're earning, uh, you know. Fifty percent goes back to Social Security. Yeah, so for example, every two you're bucks, twenty nine thousand. Yeah, you know, five thousand goes back to Social Security. Yep. Um, so that that's really important. And something that you know, I just want to make you know last point on this is uh, that earnings kind of threshold is based on someone's earned income, and it's based on their own earned income, not household. So that comes up quite a bit. While people say, "Well, yeah. you know, I want to retire and take a sixty-two, but you know, my husband's still working." You know, am I going to have a penalty if I take it? The answer is no. It's it's based on your own earnings record, and that's where the strategy comes into play too. Because if you are married, then t- looking at you know who who's making more, you know, do we leave one person's to grow as we're going to get into those in just a second to grow towards that more full number? You know, the, again, that's all the strategy. It may make sense for one person to turn it on early and the other person to delay it. So that's again part of the strategy of sitting down and talking with a professional and looking at all the other assets that you have and figuring out a good move there. Nick, let's go to uh, Medicare, 65, magic age. Yeah. So uh, actually, my dad turns uh, 65 this year. And so, you know, we've been kind of planning this out for him where um, he is a retired fireman. So he has some benefits uh, that tie in with his pension. And um, one of the things that kind of came up and just something that people should think about or remember, even if they are continuing to work past 65, is it oftentimes makes sense to at least enroll in Medicare Part A. So you can usually enroll uh, three months before, uh, you know, as early as three months before your birthday. And the Medicare website has gotten a lot easier to work with over the last year or two. And, you know, Part A, the, the tricky thing is that, you know, you want to check with your employer um, because usually what happens for the areas that Part A covers, which is usually hospital care, you know, if you were to have to be admitted or, you know, certain procedures, 
uh, it's figuring out who's the primary payer, who pays first, who pays second. So making sure that you coordinate your benefits, you know, kind of check in with HR if you're going to continue to work or if you are retired and are coming up on that um, Medicare age, you know, make sure that um, you get your your ducks in a row uh, so that you uh, do enroll and most likely you're going to start saving some money on some healthcare premiums. And you technically this starts about what, three minutes, three months early. So it's a little actually before 65. I think it's three months when you got to start this process and three months yeah. before and after. Yep. Yep. So yeah, three months before you can typically enroll three months before your birth date and then through three months afterwards. Um, and there can be some issues if you don't enroll and you don't have other health care, uh, at least for part A, uh, there can be penalties and that sort of thing. So frankly, with Medicare and healthcare and retirement, this is a space that we typically delegate out. We've got some good resources for clients that we refer them to. Uh, because there are a lot of moving parts and it can be overwhelming, yeah. especially when you start to move into the supplements and advantage plans and you know all these different things. Oh yeah. And it's crucial. You want to make sure you get it right. So a lot of advisors will definitely work with some specialists, if you will, in that kind of arena. So definitely checking that out when we turn to 65. And again, some of these pretty high level stuff, some of the stuff we definitely know. So, but we wanted to go over some of those or more interesting caveats. Let's keep moving along here, guys. Uh, full retirement age, 66 or 67, John, just what? It's your birthday, right? <laughs> it is your birthday. That's uh, the time that you can actually take your uh, your full social security benefit um, without any reduction, which is you know a great thing to do. And then also um, that kind of penalty, that earnings penalty we discussed earlier at age 62, that no longer exists. So once you hit you know, your full retirement age, 66 or 67, you can earn as much as you want and collect your social security and there's no penalty slash recapture. Um, so when that happens, you know, uh, people have some decisions to make. If they're still working, they can um, decide to take their social security. And you know, I've had some clients that take it and they kind of use that as vacation money. I've had some other ones take it and they, they take advantage of um, maxing out their 401k with the extra income. You know, or or the, you can delay it, and you don't have to take it. And you get eight uh, percent simple interest on your benefit up until age seventy. So, you know, full retirement age, you got a, a lot of big decisions to make depending on your situation. But you know, you want to make sure you're making the best for for what you want. Definitely. Just as a reminder to people that the the that eight percent, and you had mentioned it, but uh, it does cap out at age seventy. So there's no point in waiting past 70 yeah, because um, it doesn't increase anymore. Right. Thanks for doing that. I was It wasn't on my list, but I was going to bring it up real fast. So yeah, people will sometimes email and they'll say, hey, I want to keep working past 70. How's that affect Social Security? It's like, well, you're maxed out. So just, you know, you got to just go ahead yep. and get it done. But you can still work if you're feeling like it. Just, just, I mean, your earnings potential is unlimited, but it's just a matter of you're not going to add any more to it. So I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. Uh, 72. So John, you mentioned earlier, they got rid of the other half. Thank God. The 70 and a half <laughs> thing, just because it was confusing as all get out and they moved it to 72. Yeah. So uh, required minimum distributions as a reminder for people are for accounts that are pre-tax where you were able to defer you know, taxation, 401k, traditional IRA, that sort of thing. Um, at 72, you have to start taking out um, minimum distributions. It, it starts at around 3.6, 3.7% of the balance. Um, and it's based on the prior year's ending balance and it has to be taken out, you know, kind of by, by the end of the year. Um, and, you know, an important thing for people to understand is that, you know, many times people are taking those withdrawals out to live on anyways. So for a lot of people, it's not an issue at all. However, there are a good amount of people that 
it's going to be excess income. So, you know, earlier mentioned, hey, at age 50, really kind of time to check in and start making sure that you're planning. So one of the benefits of planning and looking forward is to kind of project out and see, hey, are are these withdrawals going to cause you to have excess income? And uh, at 72, where maybe we're entering into, into a time that tax rates could be higher, tax rates could be going up, you know, which is uh, fairly likely in the next you know, five to 10 years. So if we know and we can project that, then we can make some adjustments to how we save. You know, should you be putting more money into a Roth versus a traditional um, and how we make adjustments on, on the overall planning? So making sure that you understand how those work and then the impact that it has on other decisions to take into account uh, for that situation um, is a huge part of planning. Definitely. So those are some important birthdays along the way. You got to make sure you get this stuff done. 72, there's the hefty penalties involved if you don't do that. Uh, Plus, you still got to pay the taxes. So all this stuff has some crucial moments in that retirement planning process. So definitely make sure that you are not only celebrating your birthday, but you're also doing the right things from that financial and that retirement planning standpoint along the way. So again, if you got questions, stop by the website, pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. You can drop us an email question as well if you'd like. And that's what we're going to do to wrap up the show right now. we got a question that's sent in from Jack. He says, hey, guys, I've thought about meeting with a financial advisor to plan my retirement, but I've never used a budget or anything like that before. So I'm wondering, should I budget myself for a couple of months before I meet with a professional? So based upon experience, putting expense numbers down on paper is one of the biggest hurdles for people to kind of get into planning. But with how this question is phrased, uh, I would be concerned because it's kind of like the situation of, uh, you know, starting a diet, you know, like you start a diet, you're going to eat really good for two to three weeks. You know, you're trying to hold yourself accountable. You're, you're functioning in a way that isn't necessarily, you know, your normal life. So one of the things as advisors that we want to make sure that we understand are what are you really spending? So it's you know great to use a budget, but if you're budgeting to try to look good in the meeting, <laughs> which we've seen happen, uh, you're painting a false picture and and you're not letting us know what you know the finances actually look like. So I would actually say to kind of put down the real expense numbers in place. Let's see what it really looks like, and then if we need to create a budget after we've created a plan, then that's something that we can dig into. Yeah, John, let me ask you as we wrap this up. Sometimes people associate seeing a professional financial advisor with a budget, but also people have a cringe to the B word. They think, well, I don't want to live on a fixed budget or something like that. That's not necessarily what we're talking about, right? That's not probably what Jack is referring to. He's just trying to figure out, I guess, more in- income versus expenses, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the first step is is to analyze your expenses, um, and that that could be what he's referring to as far as hey, should I take a look? Should I get my expenses down before I meet with someone? And I, and I'd agree with Nick, even with you know, even if that's kind of what you're looking at versus the budgeting, I would say no. Just I think the first step is is kind of sitting down with an advisor because they can assist in you know categorizing the expenses correctly based on today's. Mm. expenses versus what expenses can be at retirement. So, um, you know, I'd say, you know, I, I think it's just important just to get going rather than trying to prep because we've seen a lot of people that have, have taken, you know, they've been prepping for years to meet 
Right. Yeah, that's kind of years where they haven't done anything and they've unfortunately lost out on some good opportunities. Otherwise, if they just said, hey, I'm going to sit down yeah. first, see what's going on. Um, it it gives you that built in that built in yeah. excuse. Right. It gives you that built Correct. in. Yeah. Well, I'm not quite ready. Well, you might never be ready if you play that game. So especially yeah. a lot of times when it's complimentary to sit down with professionals, have a conversation. Most advisors will talk to you, no cost or obligation. So, you know, why not? Right. Find out. Just get the ball rolling. That's the first step. It's usually the hardest part, too. Yeah. One thing that we, we typically tell people uh, is that we are not the money police. You know, we are not <laughs> here to, to tell you that you can't use your money right. the way that you want to use it. The way that we view ourselves and what our role is as an advisor is to help you understand the impact of decisions. So whether those decisions have to do with spending money, saving money, whatever, it's to make sure that you understand the impact of your decisions so that you can make better decisions. There you That's go. It. Yeah, it's your money at the end of the day, your call, but certainly having some good, well, coaches in your corner, if you will, advisors to help advise. That's the whole point, but I like that, not the money police. So, all right, that's going to do it this week, guys. Thanks for hanging out. As always, we appreciate your time here on Retirement Planning Redefined. Don't forget, stop by the website if you need help. Before you take any action, we always talk in generalities and try to share some good nuggets of information, but you always want to see how those things are going to affect your specific situation. If you're already working with John and Nick and the team at PFG private wealth, fantastic. Then you already have a lot of this stuff in place. But if you have questions or you're not working with them or you've come across this podcast in whatever way, or maybe a friend shared it with you, definitely reach out and have a chat. PFGPrivateWealth.com. That's PFGPrivateWealth.com. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform app you like to use. And we'll see you next time here on the show. For John and Nick, I'm your host, Mark. We'll catch you later here on Retirement Planning Redefined. 